Hi, and welcome to the Beacon House podcast. My name is Helen Townsend, and I work for Beacon House as their media and resources coordinator, therapeutic life story worker, and a peer supporter. As an adoptive parent, I'm intrigued by the many ways our multidisciplinary team support our clients. This week, I'm having a conversation about curiosity with Dr. Catherine White, clinical psychologist and artistic team lead. You can find more information and all our free resources at www.beaconhouse.org.uk and follow us at Beacon House Team on Facebook and Twitter. Enjoy the podcast. in that idea of curiosity mm. and I think like we were saying earlier about different concepts meaning different things to different people yeah. it, for me curiosity is one of those ones that means something different to everybody mm. but it's really hard to sometimes to pin down yeah so well, I think what am I trying to say what does it mean to you then when you say well about I suppose so I have been really influenced in the Dan Hughes sense of the word yeah it's that idea of having a, a deep interest so it's not about finding out why at all in fact it's yeah sometimes that's the end result but it's much more about how and motivations and what's inside so it's like having a deep interest in in the insides of people so what, what's going on in their mind yes yeah. I don't know. It's a really hard thing to no, think no, about. I'm trying sense. to think about it, examples, um, but but I think that's uh, as parents we can be very uh, focused on the curiosity that leads to the 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 why at the end, mm. rather than the kind of bigger picture. Yes, and um, that is important. It's sometimes it is yeah. important sometimes to get to the end and, and understand the kind of the why, mm. but. You don't get there by asking why. I suppose no, that. I suppose that's the difference. Journey around that. So when we, when I talk with parents often about using curiosity, they will often think that you have to just ask why a lot, mm. and that's that's a shortcut because mm. that's what we think. You ask mm. a question, you want to know why. So why wouldn't you ask why? Yeah. And of course, children, all children, but particularly the children we're working with, often don't know themselves. No. So they need us to give them a, like a pathway almost. Yeah. Um, to the why by thinking about what's what's inside almost giving permission I suppose to really to say whatever yeah. so you're not why sometimes um, I suppose suggests that there's a there is an answer whereas this kind of curiosity is much more about there isn't an answer there are lots of answers mm. there's lots of information going on inside that that will help us to to know why but it's not a... You, so you can't get it wrong. No. That's the thing. That's what I've been trying to say. And if you have a child that has body memories mm. rather than um, cognitive, cognitive memories, memories yeah. that curiosity becomes, I suppose, even more important. Yes. Because actually they don't know why either. No. No. And it, so it's it's... There's no wrong answer. I think that's what I was trying to okay. get to. Yeah. So you have to ask your questions and be hold the curiosity 
in a way that's really clear to you, but also the person you're talking with, mm. that they can't get it wrong. And how do you do that in therapy? So in therapy, I suppose you start off by being interested, as interested as you can, without being cliched or yeah, overbearing, yeah. in in every little thing that the child might say or do. So not making assumptions or not letting them think you're assuming what's important and what's not important. But every now and again, you might you you might just say, "Wow, you know that I don't know you might think like that," or even about how they chose which shoes to wear or whatever. Just having that kind of deep interest in in all aspects. The layers like got to have layers, I think. Yeah. So you're not turning it on and off for the things you think are significant. No, it's got to be for me. It's got to be embedded in throughout the whole conversation. It yeah. starts as soon as somebody walks in the kind of the clinic door, not just the therapy room yeah, yeah. door. It's about even it's that walk to the room. Yeah, and then the other people in the team here will tell you that I've got an irrational slight obsession over the biscuits and how many biscuits people <laughs> eat and, and who chooses biscuits and oh I'm forever kind of prevaricating about oh we shouldn't have so many biscuits and all this <laughs> but I have also had great fun being curious with children and, and their parents about the flipping biscuits <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. just about how are you choosing because some children will could spend 10 minutes in front of the biscuits choosing which biscuit to have yeah. and that in itself is irrelevant really yeah. although it can be quite interesting watching yeah. how parents and children negotiate well that. yeah definitely. but about i found out all sorts of things about how children's minds work by asking them and being interested in how they're deciding which biscuit to yeah. choose i mean it's ridiculous but oh no but it was also a very safe way of exploring yeah, that it idea. is so if you start right then by not judging but by saying i'm interested in in your biscuits as much as i am about the fact that you um, had terrifying things happen mm. to you mm. when you were little and also what music you like and whether you're good at gymnastics yeah. or football. I'm interested in you as a whole yeah, rather absolutely. than and the I thing that it, happened. Yeah, so it conveys that and for me it just frees children up in a way and parents actually because yeah. I find it, I personally find it harder to do as parents but working on it still <laughs> to to think about that too, to be as equally curious and non-judgmental mm. about what what choices they make in the here and now as to how they imagined it would be to be an adopted parent and how it's different to what they imagined. And, and usually parents will really, I think, respond to that open stance, that curiosity, and tell you all sorts of things that you you it's a real privilege to hear absolutely um and it it really sets the tone for trust i think that kind of um i'm interested in anything and everything you've got to say and it's as important to me whether you had cappuccino or tea this morning as Mm. whether you screamed at your child last night and of course those kind of things are quite scary to admit to a professional yeah so if you can make it safer by being curious about Yes. The whole to then maybe that then takes them to a place where they can say, I'm having these really bad thoughts about this. Yes. And I think it's not that it's okay, it's not okay to scream at your children or mm. certainly not okay to hit no, them. No, no, but, but if you can't, if you can't say that, that, absolutely. So it's not how about not, it? not saying some things aren't okay because mm. some things aren't okay mm. and it's not okay for children to hit their parents no. either and all no. that. So it's not about 
not judging the behaviour, I guess, because some behaviour isn't okay, mm. but it's about not judging the motivation, the person, mm. the, what's led them to that. Exactly. Um, yeah. And what about, how does then that translate from therapy to home? Because it's really, it can be so tricky, to, well, it's tricky to parent anyway, um, and then when you're dealing with a level of trauma in the home, being curious when you're being attacked all the time or hmm. a child is shut down all the time. Oh, it's probably too big a question, yeah. but how do you start to um, encourage parents to be curious when perhaps they are not in a place where they can feel curious without the judgment? No, okay. That, I think it's a brilliant question. Um it starts in the therapy room, so you would hope that you'd be seeing parents without their children first. You would practice it with them, I guess. You would notice it. I always ask them to practice it with each other, if it's a parent couple, yeah. or practice it at work, even. Because it's not a bad thing to do, oh, no, yeah. to be properly interested in all parts of people in mm. your life is, yeah. is brilliant. Um, and then, but sometimes, a bit like we were just saying before when we were talking about the, the waiting and how waiting is sometimes a, an active thing, mm. sometimes the curiosity has to be inside. It, you can't let it come out of your mouth. Yeah. I suppose. Okay, so it's a... So it's a, while you're in that, if if your child's locked in or if your child is, is in a particularly aggressive phase right then, then... Speaking the curious stuff out loud it's not going to help. Not might not help. help. They might not be able to tolerate that. And I suppose they're. But if you're curious inside, you're thinking, okay, what is what is my child going to think about what I'm going to say? It's a bit like that mentalizing as well. Yeah. So if you combine it, so really, with a lot of training, therapists and parents are really able to think. If I say this out loud now, what will my child hear? Because that's different to what I'm saying. Yeah. So if the your child, if your it. child in that moment hates you, and you say, I don't know, something which in your mind is designed to convey your empathy <laughs> and love, yeah, and love, yeah. All they're going to think is, do they think I'm stupid? Why are they telling me this stuff right now when they can see that I hate them? So we've for made, example, we've made a resource at Beacon House where we did what you say, what I hear. Yes. So that's almost taking that a step. That if the child is for, what am I trying to say? I, I think that's really interesting because actually, yeah, if I take that curiosity a step further, mm-hmm. what we're going to say, what we're going to hear, it's almost that next bit of the translation in their brain yes. is, yeah, that makes total sense. So that lots of my best sounds a bit arrogant but my, <laughs> um, my most fruitful let's say conversations with parents have been on that subject yeah that idea that even though their intentions are good and the words that they are saying if I heard them or you heard them we would think, sound oh, lovely nice, well yeah. Done. yeah 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 that's a good piece yeah. of therapeutic parenting smart I can yeah. <laughs> um, yeah then their child is hearing different words because they're different intent. They're, different intent. they're making an, a, a faulty assumption mm. about your intention. Yeah. And once you've understood that, I think that can be, um, it can be quite revolutionary for some parents. That yeah. no matter what they say at the moment, their child is not going is to hear not that. hearing it the with intent. the same intent. It has a different. So there function. is a. 
There is a waiting curiosity. Mm. That is an active piece of parenting. Yes. That happens in, in your brain, inside. That is you doing something. It's not you yeah. not responding and it's no. not you being frozen. It's no. you being actively curious, but not externalising it in that moment. Because no. And you might save it up for later. Yeah. Uh, again, loads of parents do good post-it note therapy. Tell me about post-it yeah. therapy. <laughs> and um, I know parents who've done like lovely little journals and things, so they swap a book with a with a, an older child usually. Yeah. Um, if you, but you've got to set that up. You know that doesn't happen by accident. No. And you need to please tell me about that. That sounds think. really interesting. So that's in fact a parent taught me that, which most of my best things have come from parents teaching me over the time. But. <laughs> Just, she just had an idea that her daughter found it so hard to talk face to face, and actually that that young person was um, also had difficulties on the autistic spectrum, so it was even yeah. harder yeah. for her. Yeah. But what she could do and felt quite comfortable doing was writing things down. Okay. And so they just had a they called it a chat book, I think, or a talk book. So it wasn't talking, but it was. Yeah. And um, and they would it would just be in a safe space where other people in the family didn't naturally come across it mm. but it would just go from one place to the other and so they, would they, would, take turns. they would take turns it would be reciprocal it was a conversation but it just wasn't spoken out loud but it's it so also lovely. it also gives you as a parent and the child a bit of a delay yeah to use your brain, <laughs> to use yeah, your to, brain. yeah it is to put it back in place yeah. and to kind of to use that waiting curiosity thing where you've been mentalizing almost where you've been thinking okay what will my child hear if I let these words come out of my mouth? Yeah. How can I say it differently? It might also have given you a chance to talk with your partner if, you, if you're parenting together yeah. about, you know, uh, this is the thing I want to say to our daughter, our son. Yeah. Uh, help me, because then it can be collaborative. It might only be one person writing, but, but it you can be also a... that's part of the, the kind of active waiting curiosity thing as well is sharing it. So exploring the ideas with the other parent yeah so that then you're giving a kind of a more i don't know a more together response a more complete response yeah um because sometimes if you know if you're the one who the child's been screaming hate at it's harder to to maybe to use your kind of mentalizing ability mm, at that absolutely, time so yeah, if you wait or you share it with your partner as long as they as long as they're keeping um empathic with yeah. you, then then I think that really helps. And a page is quite containing for yeah. everybody, isn't it? Yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, not some big A4 thing, yeah, but just like a little yeah. little journal. I mean, you can buy them as well now. You can buy, I've seen them for girls particularly, um, mum and daughter books. I okay. haven't seen them, but like journals yeah. that are, again, but designed. Even just a little A4 any, sketchbook. Absolutely. And sometimes it'll be pictures. Hmm. Sometimes you might get a big old fat swear word in the yeah. middle of the page. It's a communication. Yeah. It's coming back and no to no judgment. It's Absolutely. not. You, we're not doing this if you're going to swear. No. It's anything no. goes yeah. that you need anything to say. Anything goes. You've got to be able to tolerate that. Yeah. As a parent, you need to kind of have you know have, have enough support in whatever mm. or internal resource and yeah. mixture of both, preferably. Yeah, to tolerate the fact that you might open the book and, and see swearing, or, mm. or it might or a page might be destroyed, yeah. or, or or equally it might say, "I love you, but I can't 
I know I can't say that, and mm. I'm sorry I can't say yeah, that. And exactly. that that then becomes that parent's most precious page, you know, mm, that they've exactly. ever seen. So, in many ways, it's I wouldn't want it to. I don't want people to hear me saying stop talking to your child instead of writing anything no, down. No, but it, well, but it is a, talking, isn't it? It is. It's, it's just a less direct for some children and parents. Mm. I mean, some parents really struggle in the moment. Mm. Um, and the I, intensity of it absolutely. and taking the intensity out of it. And I use it in therapy sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it, with some children in the heat of a therapy session, it can be pretty intense yeah. too. So to take some of the intensity out of that, yeah. swapping notes. I've got one in person who who kind of hides and mm. passes notes out mm. between parents and I, and it's great. That's still it's communication. All, it's isn't all it? communication. It's like you were saying about that that comic strip resource, um, resource mm. that you made. And I think it's really powerful that idea and the iceberg. So mm. that that it's the same idea, just mm. in a different format. Yeah. In, in my head, anyway. Um, and I think they work so well in helping people to really understand that what you see isn't all that there is mm. and that communication has got all those different layers. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I think it's fascinating. And the, I think it, I, I always think about permission, giving um, people permission to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And just because you're not doing it the way a book says, doesn't mean it's not therapeutic. No, it just means not. you're, you're meeting your individual unique child's. Yeah. Needs and your yeah. own unique needs. Mm. So, and what about the post-its then? So, is that just, like a smaller version? Yeah, or? just the same idea. It can be a bit more spontaneous, mm. um, I suppose. You can, yeah, you can manage that just in a different way. Again, some children, I don't, and some parents wouldn't like to have it all collected together in a book. No, <laughs> that feels a bit like um, a, almost a bit of a responsibility. I yeah. suppose it, it's a bit more permanent. Whereas yeah. post-its, by their nature, are just Eating. A quick, yeah, yeah, a quick thing. Um, yeah, so you can put them a bit more portable as well. They yeah. can go in a bag or they can... And how do you use... I'm trying to think in terms of... Pra- oh, okay. Never heard of it before. Yeah. How does it practically... What is the... Because I, I am seeing my son with love because he tends to leave us notes now. Okay. Coming from a very aggressive place to a slightly better place to mm-hmm. be dipping and out of it. Yeah. Um, actually, he uses paper and pen. Okay. So if he's really cross, we get "I hate you." The usual swear, you know, yeah. swear words thrown down the stairs. Yeah. Um, but we also get the "I love you." Mm. You're the best. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so I'm just is it is it essentially that or, or... I guess uh, lots of these things. I think they need a bit of setting up in mm. a in a calm time. Yeah. So it, it's a bit like contracts, not a contract at all, but it's a bit like you you use it like you were saying it fits your family yeah so it's just a just a means to an end it's just you would talk with your child about i've had this idea how about it you'd need to start probably yeah probably but that would be okay find a place to leave them i don't know it's it's worked differently in different families completely no and i can see the idea very portable and again they're little so you can store them somewhere easily if you want to store them or they're kind of designed to be disposable, so if if you write something and you regret that, or your child does, exactly, I'm thinking it, that would work it, really well. It's gone. Whereas in a book, you'd have to rip the page out or scribble over mm, it, and that it might not work for some people. No, because you, it's always about for for me, it's always about 
knowing that feelings change all the time and it's all right. Yeah, absolutely. You're allowed to hate yeah. me right now. Yeah. Because you do. And yeah. that's okay. Yes. But you're not going to hate me maybe in an hour's time. No. So I'm thinking maybe actually a post it. You're allowed to go. Are you allowed to love me right now? You might not in a minute. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I quite like that idea of fleeting the, that permission to move on and change mm. and feel different things at different times. What I think is that um, there, are, there, is, there are a million ways to do therapeutic parenting, just like there are a million ways to, to be people. You know, yeah. there's yeah. many ways and each child is different and even in one family... One child is oh going God, to mean yeah. something different from the other. So you might have yeah. two children and one might love a book because they're, they're able to tolerate writing and keeping hold of mm. unpleasant things or they just don't need to write that kind of stuff. Yeah. And another one just couldn't yeah. do that. And that. So that's why it's so helpful to have so many different ideas, yeah. I guess. And so many, like I said, so many of mine have come from parents. Yeah. Said, oh, I tried this and actually so far it's it's working really well. Yeah. But I guess the as long as you keep hold of this, so the the paper, the book, the post-it, the whatever, is just a means to the curiosity. Mm. It can't become a... It can't be the way or no, only way of communicating. No, absolutely not. And it it's not it's not the it's not the strategy in itself. No, it's not. So we joke post-it note therapy, whatever. But it's not that. Yeah. It's just a way of of using the curiosity that works with some. Mm. And, and being able to bear it. Yeah. Because some can't bear it. No. And I just remember what I was going to say oh, then. Cool. The um, It's also another way of showing that you're holding them in mind yeah. because I think, I wonder, I don't know, but sometimes if you're carrying all that anger and hate and all those really difficult feelings and you're not sure why because it's body memory and yeah. not cognitive mm-hmm. memory, I suppose sometimes you maybe you think, I've, I'm going to break this, you know, it's going to go too far yeah. and I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Something like that might be a gentle way of showing that you're holding them in mind. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. But I suppose when I was talking earlier about having setting it up in a calm time, yeah. when, I, when I've known it worked best, particularly for younger children, yeah. so children still in primary, Yeah, almost you need to, not you need to, but it, it's worked best when families have managed to kind of almost create a bit of a, a code so okay. set up a, not rules that makes it sound all too formal but some idea of so that like you don't have to write a big essay mm. or you don't have to say a big essay but you've got like shortcuts mm. so for example um it looks like you're feeling fizzy we already would know what fizzy meant yeah so that it's not a, a new word that no. they don't understand what you or, mean you look like you're in the red zone that yeah. would have been something that was already established and understood yeah. so familiar yeah so that you don't need then lots of language. Because I think, I mean, I love language, you can tell. I'm <laughs> a lot. Um, and I could talk till the cows come down. But in those times, and you know it too. Yeah, language doesn't. Too many words, mm. it's just too much. But you do need some. And mm. you need some, like families have their own jargon, mm. I think. You know, we I do in my own yeah. family. We've got all sorts of funny names for things that are different in our friends' houses and, yeah. and stuff. But And it's the same with this kind of stuff, that children define and parents define children's behavior or their moods or or what they know about them using their own kind of lexicon yeah which is lovely as long as everybody understands, yeah. understands, if everyone understands what they the mean. language yeah. yeah so then you can use all sorts of shortcuts or 
you might even just use colours, you know, you're having a green day, you're having a blue day, you're having a snowy day, people use the weather, we yeah. talked about that earlier, I think there's there's all sorts of ways of doing it, but those are the things that, that kind of have to be established before, and this kind of way of, particularly with the books and the post-its, works best if you've got those kind of shortcuts mm. in place already, I think. And I suppose that may be where... You correct me if I'm wrong. If sometimes it can feel like something's not working, if we've heard something on a podcast or read something in a yeah. book, and we haven't done that pre-work, yes, maybe that's why it, sometimes it feels like nothing works. Yeah. That phrase I feel like I hear a lot: <laughs> nothing works. Yes. So it's actually it may work if yeah, if you set if it up that work for some form. Not yeah. all the time, no, but no. In, with certain strategies or ideas. Yes, and sometimes that happens in therapy if you've got parents and children in therapy together I know some families I'm working with and others where that that is part of the the work in the therapy session and then they're doing the the rest of the stuff at home yeah sometimes parents just figure that out for themselves it, it, again yeah. there's no rule for it yeah but I think yes expecting it, it's part of that waiting curiosity again to kind of say you need to we always need to be one step ahead of our children, ideally. Yeah. And when they get one step ahead of us or where they're in, inferring all sorts of intentions on us that, that aren't in our minds, that's when things, I think, often start to get wrong. And if you don't realise that's what's going on, it's so easy to dig yourself into a bigger yeah, big hole with that. And it's happened to me in therapy before as well, where you kind of you're going along and you're working hard because you're kind of a bit wedded to your formulation (laughs) yeah um, and it's just not just not shifting and then when you pause and think what what does this child make of what I'm saying or doing Mm. and if you can do that work with the child that's often the thing that will unlock um the kind of the the gate to, to go through to the next phase it's often like you know and I went to the safari park the other week and they have those holding bits. Yes. So you go yes, through the lions yeah, and then the next it. bit is the gazelles. Yeah. And they don't want the lions to get with the gazelles. So. <laughs> or the humans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you go into this wait. weird holding zone. And sometimes I feel like you get in one of those where you're not with the lions, but you're not yet with the gazelles. Mm. Um, uh, in therapy, but also at home, parents mm. kind of often describe, I, I was doing this thing and it was working really well. And, and I know I think I need to move on to something else, but I don't know what that thing is yet. Mm. I, I haven't figured out the next thing that my child or our family yeah. needs. It's a bit like being in that weird holding zone. But I think often the, the key to moving forward is that thinking about the motivation. and Your child's moved to a different developmental stage or they've understood something about you differently or misunderstood something. Mm. You've not yet understood something about them. Yeah. Um, so really combining I suppose the curiosity with the mentalizing they're similar but not the same can re- I think is really key to thinking about it. curiosity is not just a an a outward kind of external thing it's very much trying to put your mind on on their mind and vice versa and that's really interesting because I think oh I wonder if curiosity has been pitched at that level of I wonder if you're feeling like this mm. which of course a little bit of it is, yeah. But I think the, I think that may be where curiosity's got a bit muddled up, and actually, what the way you're describing it makes more sense. Mm. That whole world curiosity, you know, every aspect, and of your own mm. self as well. Yeah, 
because that sounds like that's just as important to be yeah. curious about I mean, yourself. It's, it's a massive ask if we think oh, about yeah. it. So it's you've huge. got to understand yourself and then you've got to understand or have a good guess at what your child might understand about you. Yeah. And then you've got to understand what your child understands about themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of curiosity. It's, it's a lot of being curious. It is. And it, it's a, that's a big cognitive ask mm, as well as a big is. emotional ask. That, mm. It's no mean feat. If you, I mean, if, if people, anybody, not mm. just adoptive parents yeah. or people in therapy, if anybody can do that stuff. It's a big, big All the time. Big or most project, of the time. Actually, it is a big it? project. We're asking uh, a lot. But I know that it, when when I have worked with families and in my own life as well, when yeah. I have managed to get those things all aligned, yeah. that's when things go best. So I find it easy to be curious about me. Yeah. Um, this is just for me. Not everyone no, no. would feel this way, yeah. but I would. I find it easy to be curious about me, and I find it easy to be curious about them. Yeah. What I find tricky is being curious or being aware of how I am perceived in their eyes yeah and you're saying that's the linchpin to for some families I really think it is because otherwise you can be going down all sorts of faulty tracks yeah if because of course your child probably doesn't know that that's what's influencing them no of course so not. they can only be helped to be free from that if you if you know what they might be thinking yeah so if they it's like so if they think that you don't let them watch telly for four hours a night because you're mean and because you want them to have a bad life yeah then they're always going to react to that yeah in quite a dramatic way of course they are but if they so if that's their basic assumption about your behavior that it's motivated by your meanness yeah they're going to have a different response to that than if they, even though they'd still want to watch telly all night. And they're still they, grumpy about it. Yeah, if absolutely. They it, but if they think or if they understand that your motivation is a good one because actually you know that watching telly for four hours of an evening makes them kind of lethargic and um, isn't good for them and it would be much better to be spending time together, particularly mm. closer to bedtime. Yeah. And that's a long thing to explain, but if they get that, then it changes it the context for changes it. So, where would the first point of starting point be for you if you are trying to work out how to be curious about your mm, child's yes, perception of you? Yeah. Where would you start? So I think you probably would start in a in a behaviour that seems so a response to something you do that seems out of proportion to you oh okay so an explosion yeah maybe that's the tv example yeah, an explosion of the tv and yeah. you're thinking this is nuts You've because absolutely yeah because all children would be probably be grumpy or most children would be grumpy that mm. we're setting limits about screen time yeah but if it's catastrophic yeah if it feels like the end of the world to your child when most children would be like mm. yeah there could be a glitch there yeah. with your, the way you're yes, perceived. Absolutely, there's there's some assumption going on that is a, a misassumption. There's mm. a misinterpretation of That's your. Fascinating. I think that could be really helpful. And it, I think, it, so it links with with the, the comic strip as well. So yeah. it's that kind of thing. So just thinking about what 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 could it mean mm. instead. 
And again, if if kids kids will often give us brilliant clues, so they'll say, "I hate you. You're so mean." Mm. And, and there's the and it, it it does mean that they do mean that. Mm. But if that then carries on into a kind of punishing response from mm. them for the whole night or mm. even the next day. Mm then that's probably a better clue mm. that actually what they're carrying with them is the you also mean, mm. rather than another kid who might shout that at you, mm. but then 20 minutes later... It's moved we'll, on. We'll move yeah. on, we'll yeah, get yeah, on yeah. with the rest of the evening and actually isn't holding that against mm. you at all, because uh, they yeah, understand. Of course, which I see a lot in, yes. in um, a lot of the relationships I see, yeah. is this out-of-proportion behaviour... Yes. And so, would you say all of it or some of it? No. So some of yeah, it, some of it, or a, for some young people, that's a bigger, it's a bigger part of it than others. For some young people, it's not that. It's, yeah. a, it's trauma trigger or it's yeah. different. But but for lots of young people, I think it is that they've made a faulty assumption about why you're setting a limit uh-huh. or why you're um, saying that they need to do such mm. a thing or can't do something else. So it can't, and it won't hurt to be curious. No, Because even if it's not that, yeah. you've been curious and thought about yeah. it. And also a good clue if you're parenting together is if you get different responses to different parents. So mm. if your child responds quite differently, it may be that they're making one set of assumptions uh-huh. about you and a different set yeah. of assumptions about the other parent. Yeah. And that, you know, that's for all sorts of reasons. If they've had particular, like, gender-based or mum-based or dad-based experiences in the past, they can carry those with them and hold on to the kind of faulty logic, as it were. And that's a wider... Would that be a wider set of... path? um, What am I trying to say? So, say you need to alter... You've been curious and you think, mm, they are believing this about me mm-hmm. when actually this is it and maybe you can correct a little thing. Yeah. If it's a wider past thing, right. would that be more work or would it be... I think it's just more steps. More steps. Yeah. You might need to start somewhere and, and the, the journey would be longer. But it's still the same, it's the same perception. Yeah, the same things. And the only way, well, in my experience, the only way to... To do something about it is to recognise it, watch in your curious way for a while before you speak it out loud, mm. check it out with your partner. That hold that waiting again. Yeah, or if you are working with a therapist, take it to the therapist and say, I'm wondering if, mm. and then figure it out together. And only when you're, I mean, you can't be 100% sure, but only when you feel a bit more comfortable in your own mind that that mm. might be something that's going on, would you start to try and explore that with okay. the child themselves I think so it's it's also waiting yeah it is going back to that curious waiting active mm. waiting yeah, again you could probably ask every single different therapist on the team and there's a lot of us now um, and they'd say something different, different or add something to it yeah. or say well, no I didn't, didn't agree with that bit that's, <laughs> that's not how I see it at all um, yeah but those are those are my thoughts yeah. some of them Thank you.